Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Popcorn Talk Action Movie Anatomy on 2000s Snatch. Is this Brad Pitt's best performance? We're going to find out right now on the show. I'm here with Andrew Guy. Get down with me. See you guys in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! Yes! Do you wear suits on the show anymore? I don't like to wear suits anymore. (laughs) Come again? I don't like to wear suits anymore. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think so. I just, it's hot. You yeah, alternate. I, I've been wanting to, uh, I've been wanting to suit up lately. Also, I've just feel larger these days. Dude, me too. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Not a, not a tight button-down shirt, but a, a t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. We're, uh, getting older. We've been, yeah, exactly. We've been here for a long time, so let's <laughs> really try to settling, it up. Yeah. Settling into things. Uh, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related, and pop culture by the Bucketful. Drew and I are very excited to talk about Snatch today. Yeah, we are. I mean, Snatch is one of those movies that, uh, it came out at a time in our lives when this was the coolest damn thing you were ever going to see in 2000. I mean, in the year 2000, in the year, uh, I was 12. Yeah. You know, so yep. like in 2000, when this came came out brad pitt was the coolest thing in the whole world and this kind of stylization the sexy cool crime feel was something kind of new to me and us it's really interesting so okay if you go we've talked about this a lot because we talked about tarantino a bunch recently yep so if you go back and you think about pulp fiction forward right like like 94 forward and Uh you can even go a couple years back if you want to start it at reservoir dogs but that movie wasn't seen by everybody pulp fiction was seen by everybody yes so the dialogue the cool like nicknames the stylization all that stuff that kicks off this trend of movies that goes for yeah for like (laughs) almost 10 years and all the movies that would come out over the course of the next 10 years were just trying to kind of play back to some level of like stylization crime stuff yeah and if you were the right age during that time period if you were just say anywhere between like 14 and probably 30 during that time you just remember all those movies you remember pulp fiction and snatch and you remember like rounders coming out and ever all these are all the movies that everyone talked about i felt like snatch was kind of like the kid gloves version of pulp fiction sure or like the kid gloves version of heat even because it's weird snatch like even though it's rated r it's rated r because of Maybe a little bit because of violence, but mainly just because of language. Yeah, right. You know, whereas like Pulp Fiction and those other movies are rated R because of strong, intense scenes of action sequences or just like, I don't know, an adrenaline needle to the heart because you're doing, you're having a cocaine, cocaine, cocaine overdose. Sodomy. Sodomy. Exactly. All these things. So that was the other thing too was about Snatch is like... You know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, when I watched those, they were kind of like, oh, Jesus. Right, they're violent, they're bloody. It's intense. Yeah. You know, I don't know who Tarantino is, but wow, he's intense. Whereas, like, you watch Snatch, you're like, oh, that was cool and fun. Yeah. It was a happy ending. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, upbeat, cool. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting uh, period in film, I think, where you can point a lot to the stylization that's influenced from those that, that Tarantino film specifically. And uh, just the idea that in, in the world of crime everybody's so clever and quirky and everybody's got like a cool nickname and it's like uh it's just interesting to watch but but we're gonna talk all about that today guys so we talk about action movies on this show that is my co-host andrew guy i am ben bateman we are the action guys we run action action industries there's a bunch of cool stuff going on there's a lot of news to talk to you guys about um but uh the action movies we cover on this show basically adhere to four basic rules so (laughs) this uh, one probably won't hit them rule number one the hero always plays by their own rules who's the hero state them i guess Maybe. Is the hero Statham or is it Brad Pitt? 
It's kind of Brad Pitt, It's I kind guess. of Brad Pitt, right? Because he's the actual one that has things happen to him. Turkish is kind of just the narrator that exists in the world. Right. Right? Right, right totally. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. In the end, Brad Pitt is the smartest guy in the room for sure. And Bricktop has been at least in control. Yeah. That's, I, like, I like Bricktop. He's good. Yeah. And that will be a question in the Schmodown. I've already lost, obviously, on a like five-pointer. But his name is going to be a five-point question at some point. Guaranteed. You, you think so? I will be asked in a situation... In the movie, in 2000 Snatch, what is the name, what is of, the the name of the villain? That feeds people to, to the pigs. That feeds people to pigs. Oh, you know that now. Yeah. <laughs> that, or, that or, like, I could also see, like, name the movie from these characters, Bricktop, Turkish. In fact, that might have already been a question. Now that I think about it, that sounds familiar. Um... Do you think it would ever be a question under, like, famous actors and actresses, five-pointer, what were Jason Statham's first two films? Were they his first two? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And like I don't even lock, think, stock, and snatch. I actually think that's probably a three. A three. Just because Maybe. if you know anything about him, you know that those movies, like that's where he came from. So, like, with the real question there is, do you know the name of the movie Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and are you bald enough to just guess those two movies? Because that's the only answer. Right. Like, that's the, that's like, the, I think that's always so, so maybe it does feel like more like a three, because it takes, it takes know-how, but it also takes game knowledge. But yeah. it's not, like, insanely deep. Yeah, but it could be that three or five. We were talking, of course, about the movie trivia Schmodown. Stay tuned for more <laughs> what the hell are they talking conversation about right on that. Uh, rule number three, the hero and the villain are, that was rule number two. Rule number three, the movie, it's literally on my computer in front of me. I see it. Yeah. The printer's out of ink. Yeah, that's what happened. I feel naked. Yeah. Not having it. You look naked. And I'm wearing no pants. <laughs> We've really settled in. I'm nervous, so to be not nervous, I just imagine Drew naked. <laughs> and now he's more nervous. <laughs> uh, rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. <coughs> Mercenaries, kind of? Not really? Yeah. I guess they're hot. No. Not really. No. Rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a burning caravan. Yeah, and I think it does kind of blow up. Yeah. It does blow up at one point. I like oh, that. Nice. I, one it. of the things I like is that in, in in British films, when you'll hear different words, words said differently. Oh, yeah. The binoculars. That's one of my favorites. Binoculars. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Chameleon. Yeah. No one says that. No one says that. <laughs> they call those things caravans. What would you call that? Camper. Yeah. RV. We're so kind American. Of yeah, we are. Go get the, <laughs> Go get the camper, honey. Drink out um, big, big, Quick shout out to uh, a couple patrons, brand new patrons in the action. I don't think you guys are brand new actually at all. I got Kelly W and Tim Etheridge here. We salute, salute you. you. I was looking Tim over there. Etheridge, your package is on its way. Being overseas, he's one of the guys. Yes. He's one of the people we that, shipped uh, it out. It's like him uh, and Susan Banks. There's a few people out there that are overseas, Nicholas Normandon, uh, that uh, we really appreciate your patronage and, of course, your patience. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about our Patreon, patreon.com slash team action. It's the best place to follow everything that Ben and I do. we got exciting things coming up on there. There's always exciting things going on. We actually have a new action bracket coming up. It'll probably yeah. get started on Twitter and then move over to uh, Patreon specifically. But I believe it's Final Battles. Last time we did Heroes versus Villains. We did a bracket system just like you mm. would with March Madness. But I think we're doing Final Battles. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, keep your eye out for that. Patreon.com slash Team Action. Yeah, we have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up, actually. So, you know, one of the one of the things we have coming up, actually, this is just kind of an announcement, uh, is that Andrew and myself, next week on the show, we're going to be reviewing the third film in the legendary uh, Fallen franchise. Maybe so, the greatest trilogy of all time. Uh, arguably. Yeah, arguably. <laughs> we haven't seen Angel Lord has Fallen yet, but uh, you have Olympus has fallen, you have London has fallen, and then the new one with uh, starring Nick Nolte, supporting role by Gerard Butler, um, you have Angel has fallen. Yeah, in uh, the first one, it was the White House. Yeah. In the second one, it was the in the UK, and in the third one, they're actually going straight to heaven, yeah. and they're going to go and fight <laughs> angels and demons. It's very exciting. Gerard Butler has been recast as God. Um, no, it's uh, th- this film is 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 they they are they like to take the premise of other action films that have been done before and just put Mike Banning in that premise. <laughs> so this movie is The Fugitive with Mike Banning, yes. which I'm really excited for. He's wrongfully framed. Where's um, my family? Where's, where's my family? Yeah. <laughs> 
Where's my family? Where's my family? Steven. Uh, so uh, we, we are going to be going to see the press screening tonight of Angel Has Fallen because guess who is going to be on the red carpet tomorrow interviewing the cast of Angel Has Fallen? And guess what the mic flag is going to say? It's going to say Action Industries. Holy shit. That so, deserves a holy shit bomb because... We're covering our first red carpet as AI. We've done it with Popcorn. We've done it with AfterBuzz. We've done it with Black Hollywood Live. Yeah. This is a really exciting moment for us. After almost five years of working for us, uh, you know, working for other companies, representing other companies on the carpet, uh, this felt like the movie because of how much we love Jerry B. Yep. This felt like the appropriate film if we were going to get a Jerry B interview to have it on a, an action industry's mic. Uh, it felt like the one to reach out for, and we reached out, and Lionsgate was kind enough to grant us access. So Andrew and myself, our associate producer for Action Industries, Brandon Hanna, uh, you guys know, will be with us, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be going to do that, which we're really excited for. We're going to hopefully hopefully we get any interviews because you yeah, never know with these you things. Never know with red carpets, but uh, if we do get some good ones, we're going to air that next week here on the show. You guys can see our interviews, uh, and if you want to catch them <clears> in the meantime, they'll be on the Action Industries YouTube. But that should be fun, and then also just a quick early plug for it, we'll be covering Angel Has Fallen next week on the show. Yeah, yeah really really excited i mean if we don't get jerry there's still morgan there's still nick there's still piper paraboo i is she I really have, in this movie yeah she's i think she's replaced his wife well, i don't think did roda mitchell's character die in the last one no i think they she, just, could, she's i'm she, sorry babe yeah either she got recast or uh just he just really moved on he's moved on uh, she was like I, she was a like, neighbor she was like i'm not gonna do another film in this franchise i will not do it <laughs> i won't stand in the kitchen and talk to you in the morning before the shit hits the fan i'm sorry babe you were talking about penny's barbecue i like <laughs> soccer <laughs> i'm sorry babe uh can we get to the next scene in the film please um so anyway that's a, that's an exciting piece of news for, for drew and myself um and obviously uh just just because I think it's appropriate to say it, uh, so much love, support, and respect from Popcorn for putting us in this position over the years to yeah. to have done this for so long, to have uh, given us the opportunity to cover these films and and given us the opportunity to make all these jokes about Jerry, <laughs> um, so that we you know we had so much enthusiasm to reach out for this one because honestly. If we had just been like doing live streams at home and just hanging out, and we hadn't had the show for so long to like, yeah. sort of immortalize those movies for us, I don't know that I would have thought that we should go do this because it's not like AI was created to cover press. Yeah, we wouldn't have millions of views on episodes of movies that were that he was in earlier in the franchise. Like, th- th- there's all things that Popcorn has done to uh, to help us and put us in the position to succeed. And right now, Paul Denizio is saying, "Ask him how thirsty he is in the super chat for two dollars that is going to Popcorn," which is. Seems very appropriate for the it moment. It does, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that, Paul. Thank and you, Paul. Popcorn appreciates that. So that's our big news. Uh, yeah. Drew mentioned the uh, the live. In, did you mention New York Live? Uh, I sure did. Live in New York. It's the action, guys. Uh, we're doing it August 29th. Yeah, next 10, Thursday. 15. Yeah, it's next Thursday. We we, we got to plan a show. You know what song I'm going to perform? What? Faithfully by Journey. Are I you decided, 100%? Yeah, so last night on our live stream, we did it. This is, you haven't listened back. This is so funny. I went to listen back to it. We do our live streams on like a little like laptop, uh, like an HD camera, but we use the mic from the camera. Is it good? Which picks up whoever is closest to the mic picks up. Oh, it's all me. So as I'm like standing 15 feet from the camera singing with the guitar, Drew's like quietly singing like Highway Run. It's just Drew overpowering me in every single time. <laughs> mouth you can like barely hear anything i'm saying that's great because i wasn't really even singing that song you i don't do know. a great job oh i'm sure yeah, i do i'm sure it's real good he does some interpretive dance and go check that out on the action uh, industries go ahead what was that you're gonna do it you're gonna do it live i think so i because i started learning I it last start night planning my moves and uh and i was enjoying it it's, it's my karaoke song so it's going to be good. Get your tickets now at NewYorkComedyClub.com. Um, I tried to give one away this morning on Collider Live. Jake Yacovetta bought a ticket, and he wanted me to give it away. I got a couple messages about it, so uh, it hasn't yet been given away. Mm. You can DM me, tweet at me at Media if you want that information. I suggest we get in to the show Angel Has Fallen. That's next week. I do suggest that. How? Yeah, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're doing Snatch. How was Collider Live? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it's great. That's yeah. a great show. It's really an impressive uh, show they've built. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, we were streaming live to 2,500 people. It's only been around for like a few months, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a year. Oh, it's been a year. God, this is how, this is how my life I is. Know. Like it goes con- so fast. All the time. Um, but yeah, let's get into Snatch. Let's talk about this movie, Guy Ritchie, written and directed, came out in 2000, and uh, 
Usually we just kick off by going into our thesis statement. Thesis statement. It's your biggest, boldest thought about a film. Movie, you know, comes up in conversation. You say, you know, here's the thing about this movie. Here's the here's my hyperbolic point. This is the greatest this, the only this, the best, the first, the last. Uh, we try to stay away from stuff like, you know, uh, I think Jason Statham was showing male patternist balding early in his career. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We try to stay away from loose things. We try to show, he was. you know, big, big statements. Uh, your boldest statement about a film. Why has Jason Statham become somebody we make fun of on the show now? I don't know. He, we have phases of people that come and go. And we've just hit his movies back to back. Yeah. And, and it's been wonderful. We do some good Statham voices. Good Statham voices. He's going to probably become a new... I think he's a new character. I mean, he. we do have a good Statham voice. I just wish that... we we got to put him in more interesting <laughs> scenarios. Because he takes himself so seriously. Uh, Statham is taking himself very seriously talking to most of the... I mean, can you imagine Statham and Martin Cove standing in line at a salad bar? And uh, who would... <laughs> and, uh, you know, Marty Cove has been waiting a long time. Statham's talking to the... He's talking to the hostess. He's having a good time. He's kind of hitting on her, but he's got his arm out. Marty Cove wants the salad bar. He wants, wants to get past him. And then just heat. Yeah. I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for the salad bar. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> Look, uh, when I came when I came here after the Karate Kid came out in 1985, I didn't have to wait in line. I'm not going to wait in line now. They should be selling out in my car. Uh, I I want you to go first today. Shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail. Ah, uh, so ridiculous. People have no um, idea why we keep saying that. It's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. We'll have to talk about it another time. Is the chat enjoying it or have they stopped watching? Uh, there's no one in it. There's no one. In, no, uh, they're having a good time. They That's are. Good. They they threw out uh, they threw out a thesis already. From oh, Basis 1996, says, Guy Ritchie and Brad Pitt is the biggest missed opportunity director-actor combo. I'm assuming they mean to continue working yeah. together. Uh, I actually like that. AJ Lancaster says, this was the most immersed Brad Pitt has ever been in a character. That's an interesting thesis, AJ, because Ben and I were just talking about that. Yeah, and actually, it's a great suggestion, because today on The Action Guys, we are going to be having a full conversation. Yeah. Brad Pitt... Overly Siege, Underly Siege, Properly Siege. We're actually going to be talking about that as the full episode today. Yeah. Um, so so go tune into that. We're going to kind of do a whole career profile and talk about you know him correctly. Now, on the subject of my thesis statement for this film, watching Snatch made me realize um, Guy Ritchie is the most overrated director in the post-2000 era. Are you serious? That's what I said. That's what mine was, too. Really? I, I literally thought the same thing. I, I, I was like driving here today, and I was like, well, is this is it Brad Pitt's... It's not his best role. Is it his? Is it his best acting role? It can't be. I mean, he's he's so good in he, a lot of things. He's really sweet, and there's a lot about this movie to like. Yeah. I enjoyed this movie. I had a good time watching it. Um, but my issue afterwards is, I, th- I thought to myself because you you and I did our stream last night on Action yep. Industries, and you asked me really awesome stream. Um, it was a really good time. It was a really fun one. Yeah, you asked me last night. Um, is you know what's Guy Ritchie's best movie? And you know, so we start, you know, we start riffing. We're kind of making fun of King Arthur, and we're yeah. talking about oh, rock and roll. You know, some it's people pro- actually really like King Arthur, which I think is so uh, yeah, like polarizing. And Snatch, you know, usually would come up for people. People will talk about Snatch and Lockstock as kind of the Reservoir Dog Pulp Fiction combo. You know, the earlier, more raw movie, and then the more refined kind of classic. And watching Snatch again, I totally enjoyed it, but I just felt like this is a movie that is so of its time. It feels. In the same way that like Ocean's Eleven is really good, but it's aged a lot, and yeah. I don't really find it to be that good anymore. This movie's better. Like it hasn't aged in the same way where it feels as cheap, but it or like Italian Job aged really badly. It's very cheap now. Yeah. Um, this movie's a lot cooler than those movies. It definitely has a lot more to it that I like, but it didn't make me feel like this is something that I'd want to go back and watch again after this. Yeah, I have a weird thing with this movie where I actually do watch it maybe once every year or two. I don't know why. I think it's because of... I, rem- I, I remember specifically the first time I watched this movie. And I don't remember yeah. that with a lot of movies. It was... I had a, a neighbor that lived two doors down. His name was Kevin Shintaku. We grew up together. We were homies. Uh, and he invited me over to watch Snatch one day with him and his dad. And uh, <laughs> alternatively, me and him and his dad went to go see Save the Last Dance when it came out in theaters, too. <laughs> so, uh, Your life and my life. Uh, yeah. Very different. I didn't want to go to that actually you didn't want to see i, I really days. didn't but i was like i'll go if you are guys you are going to go to I, right I, I, I would not lie to you not on air um but yeah so i remember watching this with him and being like god this movie is so freaking awesome yeah it's so cool it's so badass and i was going to say my other thesis that i was thinking about was that guy Ritchie's best film is sherlock holmes because i actually really enjoy the first sherlock holmes so i like the first sherlock a lot mm-hmm. if you're if you are going to look at me in the face and say I'm supposed to talk about this guy. Like he's he is he has been talked about for years as like in that you know class of like your your Tarantinos, your PTAs. Like he's a name like that. Yeah. And if you're gonna look at me in the face and say that I'm supposed to think of this guy as like a classic last twenty years director based on the strength of Snatch, Lockstock, and Sherlock, I'm, I'm just gonna, like yeah. 
I'm gonna laugh in your face. I'm just like Sherlock's like above average. It's an enjoyable movie. They're Snatch all is above average. Snatch is enjoyable. Yeah. I, have, I haven't seen Lockstock since it came out. It's fine. It's, yeah. I was telling you, it just feels like the less sexy version of Snatch, but it does have that sweet come together moment. So, all that being said. I actually think what my thesis was, because I always hate stealing someone or being like, that was mine, too. Yeah. Because it, it, it was and it wasn't. Pull the Roxy. <laughs> pull, yeah, pull the Roxy. Uh, Dionisio kind of said it here. He says, Guy Ritchie is the best example of style over substance working, which I, I do agree. He's kind of taken Michael Bay's place in that. Yeah, or like he's in the Wes Anderson class kind of. I was going to say, I don't think there's ever been a director out there that needs to have a partner a directing or writing partner sure. more than Guy Ritchie. Because imagine if he worked with someone like Taylor Sheridan, yeah, right? And right. he had a really badass, dark script, but he was still able to make it cool and sexy. Or even like another director, because Taylor's really more of a writer, yeah. like Denis Villeneuve, where it would be like, all right, you can do some of your cool shit, but we got to reel it in. we got to give it some stakes. we got to give it some depth. Like, I just think he needs a good person to work with, because I don't dislike him, but it's the same thing with all these movies where I don't ever feel there's really any stakes. It, it feels fun, but I, fun sometimes can take away from feeling like it's real. Yeah, actually, that's a really interesting point you make about the stakes, because uh, in this one in particular, I actually find I find the pacing to be as good as any of his movies. Yes. The stuff with Brad Pitt's the best stuff, yep. and him in the fights, and mm-hmm. him not going down, and the fact that you know in the third one he's obviously going to not... He's obviously going to knock him out because that's what he does. Right. That you know that's happening. And I like the stakes of that because it makes you feel like I don't think any of these guys are going to die. The tone of this movie is not such that one of these three guys is going to die. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see how this ends. I would like to see how this ends. Yeah, and you got the whole thing with, you know, Bricktop just seems like he's. I mean, he burns Brad Pitt's mother alive. You know, like, so it seems like he could do anything. And he's got the dogs and he's got the pigs. And they they really do a a great job of making him a true villain. He's a good villain. Um, But yeah, I. He's one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, I think him and Brad Pitt are the two best parts of the movie, yeah. honestly. And Benicio. Benicio's sweet, even though he's only in it for a short time. Vinnie Jones is sweet, too. Yeah, Vinnie Jones is great. I generally like most of Everyone's, the characters. Actually, yeah, yeah, all the cast is really awesome. But, yeah, for me, I, I just think that Guy Ritchie needs a person, a counterpart. Whether yeah. it is a writing partner or a directing partner, whatever it is, someone that kind of, like, just adds stakes to his films. Do you remember um, the Vinnie Jones picture from back then? The, the, the soccer picture? You don't. Oh, this is going to be so that Sounds wonderful. familiar. Vinnie Jones was a soccer player. Okay. He was an actor. And he's very famous for one picture of him and a referee. J-Lo, we have to pull this up. It's, this is incredible. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love this. It, oh, really? You probably have seen it. Because back when these movies came out... I'm it sure was, I have. It was a thing everyone talked about. Because it's one of the most... If you just look up Vinnie Jones' picture, soccer, uh, you'll find it immediately. It's so incredible. Like, it feels like something that you would see in, a, in like, an Andy Samberg comedy. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, while we're doing this, uh, while J-Lo's pulling this up, J-Lo up in the booth, even though the booth is over there, not above us. Um, J-Lo did some hosting recently. Really? For ABTV's Latino. So we're, we're starting oh, to do cool. after shows in Spanish for the uh, Spanish audience out oh, there. Oh, that's which, cool. Which I love. Because, you know, if, if Clash Royale has taught me anything, it's that... The Latin American audience is among the most dedicated and yeah. interactive of any audience in the world. It's crazy. It's it's like the, the Latin American audience and the German audience. Huh. It's insane. Wow. It's absolutely insane well, for Clash specifically. But I think it's a really cool thing. And J-Lo, I saw you doing that, so I, I just want to give you a big shout-out. Uh, really, really proud of you, Thanks, and I J-Lo. think that's badass. Oh, thank you guys so much for that. So exciting. Yeah, is there a specific show they can catch you on at a time since I don't have that in front of me? Or is are you guys just uh, still getting the... the the ball rolling, as they say. We Thanks. actually have two shows tonight. One is WWE Raw in Espanol oh, nice. okay. at 10 p.m. And then we have Los Spookies on HBO tomorrow at 10 p.m. And then next week we will also be premiering a new show, El Secreto de Selena, which is Selena Quintanilla's um, live story. That will be premiering next Monday, next Sunday at 10 p.m. as well. That's really you cool. You guys got a lot of stuff going. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, is this uh, is this it? Is oh yeah, this, it's, this... it's the inappropriate picture you'd think. Um, so if you can enlarge that, so Drew can see. In fact, Drew, just maybe so you can see <laughs> even more so clearly. Blind. Yeah, I can pull it up. But if you put it on the screen for the fans, I can show Drew the picture here. Um, it's so wonderful. I this is my favorite thing. I'm so happy that you don't know what I'm about to show you. I don't think I do. Okay. How do so, I not know what this is? Do you, so, guys in the chat, does everyone? Am I the only one that doesn't know what's happening right now? So it was back when he uh, he played soccer, and uh, he. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
And he just goes, I don't know what had happened in this altercation, but he just goes full, just grabs the guy in the junk. Full and look at his face and look at the face <laughs> of the ref. It's like the, their two faces tell a whole story. It literally is an immortalized picture that looks like it should have Andy Samberg as one of these characters, right? Doesn't it feel like it'd be in a comedy? Vinnie Jones looks like he's about like I'm about to crush everything about you that makes you mad, and that guy looks like everything about me that makes me mad has been crushed. I think that this is what got Vinnie Jones's acting career. I, I would hire him. And he got hired in like four movies, right? I mean, he's, he was in like yeah. Lockstock, this, and Gone in 60. Well, also, like, because Vinnie Jones being the muscle in this movie is amazing. Oh, his, when he's like dragging the dude outside the window and I stuff. I also think he has the best scene maybe in the whole in movie. In the bar. Yeah, Desert Eagle, point five zero, point five zero. I remembered... Replica written down the side. I remembered actually watching this movie yesterday. Two how bowls. awesome that scene was when I was a kid. And it was still really it's good. It's really it's well very written. written. And I love when he just turns and starts shooting through the yeah. wall. Yeah, so yeah. awesome. Do you remember the obsession that we had with Desert Eagles as in a society for a moment? Kind of. It went straight from silencers yeah. and red dots. And C4. And C4 to Desert Eagles. Because yes. it was a gun that could like 50 caliber. We started hearing this word 50 caliber thrown around all the time. And yeah. like the fact that it was in a handgun, it started showing up in all the movies. Crazy. So, um, those are our thesis statements. Um, <laughs> I, I, Vinnie Jones can grab balls harder than anyone I've ever met. That's my thesis statement. I mean, I honestly, I, I almost just used this picture of Vinnie Jones as the best thing to ever come out of this movie, even though it didn't come out of this movie. <laughs> but because I just remember like seeing that my older brother and his friends were talking about that when this movie came out, and I was like, "What is it?" And they showed me, and I was like, "Oh my god, is that guy okay?" That's so good. Garth um, McMurray here says that uh, during Lockstock, Vinnie was in jail, and Richie had to reshoot scenes without him. <laughs> So ridiculous. He's um, awesome. So, uh, all right, we're going to keep moving on through the show here, guys. We're going to get a fist pump moment. That's yeah. that moment when something happens in the movie. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This, this is, is so awesome. Yeah. I'm so into this. God, this movie's good. Um, and uh, and there's, a, there's actually quite a few in this there's movie. There's a lot in this movie. This movie has a lot of good fist pump moments. I kind of want to go through a bunch of them. So do you have your first and foremost? Do you want me to go first? Um, I think probably my first fist pump moment is the first Brad Pitt punch. Of course. Um, it, how can it not be? Yeah, when he knocks the guy down. Well, you think he kills him yeah, for right, a minute, you right? know? Totally. And you're like, you know... And, oh, you know what? Another thing about these movies, these crime movies, that, huh. again, this and this is not from Pulp Fiction, because there's not much that's in Pulp Fiction, which is a test on how good that movie is, but um, the just absurd amount of voiceover. It's like, oh, yep. they're always narrated by some guy. A um, cool voice. Yeah, which is why it became like the joke and adaptation. Brian Cox as, uh, uh, what's fucking, oh, we haven't done a Brian Cox voice in a while. Um, we really haven't. Brian Cox. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Brian, Brian Cox plays the screenwriter, the very famous screenwriter whose name is escaping me right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in adaptation. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his voiceover. It's voiceover, it's sloppy, and it's extreme writing or whatever. And, like, it was a joke because, like, Charlie Kaufman obviously was a screenwriter and that was a trend. But at the time, in 2002, when that movie came out, um, it was such a trend. And th- this movie is so punctuated by that style, which is funny to me. Um, yeah. But uh, I think for me, it's got to be it's got to be that first punch, you know, because then he gives the line of uh, who knew he was a bare knuckle boxing champion. Yeah, I like she's like, don't fight, Mickey. You know what happens when you fight. And you're like, huh? Yeah, that's a little nugget. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then and then, yeah, the first hit, the way he goes down, the dude's like dirty fighting him the whole time, kicking him around, hitting him when he's getting undressed. And you're just like, damn, this is this is going to be it. Um that's that's the fist pump of the movie, I think. That's the first one. That's the one. The other ones, though, that come with it or, or, or come with the film that I love is is the I love the the end. I love the music. Yeah. Like the song playing is it's all unraveling. You're seeing Bricktop's men getting owned out yeah, by all the pikes. Right. You see the you know the hand me the fucking shooter. You know, and then the the freeze frame of Brad Pitt just staring him down. Yeah, I love that. That yeah. is my other fist bump. It's so badass, and like Statham's doing a great job with his monologue talking about you just make a stupid fucking face because you're too scared. Yeah, and then but not the pikey, and you're like, what is going on? And you see it all unravel. You're like, hell yeah, that's. Yeah. That's one thing I will say about Guy Ritchie. He's got a really great uh, feel or, or ability to kind of make the whole story come together all at once. And you're just like, damn, that was cool. Because he does it in Lockstock. It's like three different storylines all culminate in one moment with like the car crash. And, and I love the way he does that. It is a little gimmicky, but in this one, yeah. it, it totally works for me. Totally. Love it. Yeah, there's... Uh... There's a bunch of stuff in this movie that's that's super sweet. I think the other one has to be the Desert Desert Eagle point five zero scene. Point five zero. Um, that's a, that's a total fist pump moment. 
because he's just such a baller. That yeah, scene. yeah. Uh, who, someone in here saying uh, the intro to Vinnie Jones when he's just beating the shit out of someone, and he's like, yeah. "Bonjour." Yeah, afterwards, <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, Vinnie Jones is just awesome. I also like the title sequence of this movie a lot. Um, I when they were introducing all the characters' names, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, again, it's a little gimmicky, but yeah. it's but it definitely when it was happening, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm like into all these characters. Mm-hmm. I like I like this style. Like it's not you're not losing me right now. Yeah, um, I thought uh, that was pretty sweet. Other films people have are uh, the moment when you see Pitt's rage at the, right. when his mom's the caravan's fun, burning. His eyes. That yeah. is a really great great yeah. moment, great scene for him. Uh, Avi's reaction when he kills Bullet Tooth Tony. Yeah. Uh, I love Avi. When does he kill Bullet Tooth? He actually shoots him when shooting at the dog. Oh, yeah. 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 Because right. I, I love that. Because Dennis Farina is one of my favorite 90s guys. So he's, good. He's like, he's, Farina's in like four or five different, uh, he's in like four or five different cop movies. He's in the cool movies, movies, isn't he? He's, like, in a, he's in a bunch of those movies. I mean, he's in, he's definitely in Get Shorty. Uh-huh. Be cool. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely in, um, I'm pretty sure he's in Out of Sight. He's in a lot of the Elmore Leonard movies. Okay. Um, but uh, he's sweet. So anyway, uh, we're going to get into Stark Profiles next year, guys. Talk about these guys, where they were in their careers when this happened. So as you mentioned, Statham came out of nowhere, you know, Lockstock, yep. Two Smoking Barrels, 98, um, two years prior to this. But uh, Brad Pitt was so, again, we're going to have a whole conversation about this on the Action Guys today. We're going to literally do the entire career. But this little moment in his career is basically where you can credit this is the Brad Pitt transition. Yeah. Because what happens when you're in a movie like Fight Club, like you are in Fight Club, where, like, in Fight Club, he's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It's arguable that he has a career-defining role, and it's Tyler Durden. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little today. But the next movie he's in is Snatch. So the whole world was like, there is no one sexier than Brad Pitt. There's no one cooler than Brad Pitt. No one more badass than Brad Pitt. And then he is a, he's a bare-knuckle brawler with a weird accent. People are like, oh, and not only that, he's extremely talented. And he's also so shredded. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is like a total moment for him. I really do think that the Fight Club, Snatch, Ocean's Eleven trio, that one, two, three that he mm-hmm. does there, is the that's the transition that takes Pitt into like basically all the way through Benjamin Button, I'd say. Well, it's it, so Pitt has a moment. That like, like Pitt is more famous or has been more famous than Leo for a lot of his career. Even though yeah. Leo was almost more respected, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it's such a weird thing. And then you know, obviously seeing both of them in Once Upon a Time was like, holy shit, they're on screen together. But this put him into a level of stardom that is not even like what you achieve at A list. This is above A list. No, because like then if you look at what happens after he does, you know, after he goes and does Ocean's Eleven in two thousand one, his next like five or six years, it's not like the movies he's making by and large are that good. He's in like Mister and Mrs. Smith, he right. does Babble, you know, he's in Assassination of Jesse James, he does Benjamin Button. It's there, there's some good stuff, for there's sure. some questionable <clears throat> stuff, but it's mostly just he does two Ocean sequels in there. It's mainly about his life. He's just a famous person. He's extremely famous. And people are so obsessed with Jennifer Aniston. People are so obsessed with Angelina Jolie and that love triangle, all that. It just became... Because it wasn't, like, controversial. He wasn't ever, like... He wasn't... I'm trying to remember if there were he tabloids He became controversial, like, in the last four or five years, but he wasn't right. back then. Yeah, it was just, like... I want to know what the superstar is doing with these superstar women in his life. And it yeah. was just like, it was one of those things where even if you didn't watch his movies, you heard you heard about him all the time. Pretty sure Spy Game is the same year as this. I think yeah. it's 2000. Yeah, maybe. yeah, The Redford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he does Fight Club in 99. Being John Valkovich is an uncredited role in 99. Meet Joe Black in 98. And Seven Years in Tibet in 97. So he is just... I love me, Joe. True or false, you said. Yeah. I, knew, I knew what you were going to say. I knew what you were going to ask. 100% know. Love it. That's a lot like Anthony Hopkins. A, that feels like a, uh, that'll be a Schmodown question. Marcia what Gay character Harden? does he play in 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 Meet Joe Black? What character does you Brad know. Pitt play? The devil? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Wrong. Oh no, sorry, sorry. He plays the Grim Reaper. Yeah, he's death. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's so good in that movie. Such a talented, <laughs> talented young man. Seven um, years in Tibet. Um, yeah, so it'll be really fun again on the Action Guys today to talk about Brad Pitt and his career and where we believe that he lies. I'm not sure if we're going to do like two ratings where we start the show. And say what we think. No, and I think we'll both end. come in if we over overly siege Arnold Siege properly mm-hmm. siege. I think we'll both vote, and then we'll kind of go through the full conversation, career defining roles, the different eras. Yep. At the end of it, we can have a conversation about if our opinions have changed. That'll be uh, available tomorrow on uh, our YouTube channel uh, yep. behind the Patreon paywall. So that's YouTube.com/slash Action Industries. Yep. You can go find. Uh, we put the full episodes of the Action Guys on video up on Tuesdays uh, for the five dollar and above tier, and then on Fridays they go public to everybody. We're also going to be adding another day to our streaming schedule yeah. pretty soon. Here <clears throat> we're trying to figure out exactly how we're going to work it but it looks like as of now we're going to add a tuesday stream which would mean that we do a sunday 
you get the show Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday stream, and yep. then the full episode of the Action Guys comes out Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, we, we sleep. Yes. No, we stream again on Sunday, and we never yeah. sleep. Uh, so this movie was originally titled Diamonds. The film shares themes, as you well know, with uh, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrel. It's weird when you go back and you watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It feels like what Snatch... Like the college film that Snatch wanted to be, right? Like it's still cool. It's still acted well, and it's you know again, I, I love the culmination of the three storylines. But it's just like not that sexy. It's not edited the way that you kind of expect his movies to be edited. Yeah, and he's missing a lot of music and sound, like in general, like sound editing. So uh, Guy Ritchie started out directing commercials in '95. Uh, he directed his first film, The Hard Case, a 20 minute short that impressed investors who backed his first feature film, which is Lockstock. And obviously, the other movies, as you guys all know and maybe love, are Revolver in 2005, Rock and Roll in 2008, Sherlock in 2009, Sherlock 2 in 2011, and of course, the most recent Disney adaptation in Aladdin. Um, Oh, right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. And I didn't see it. Did You saw it? I didn't see it. You didn't see it. No, Um, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I've heard it was actually okay, but I've also heard other people say it's a dumpster fire, so yeah, that's yeah, kind of how it goes with all the Disney movies I right have now. I've heard similar things. Hardy is is he in is Hardy in Rock and Rolla or is he in I think Hardy's in Rock and Rolla. Yeah. I think so. That sounds okay. right. So uh yes, yeah, produced by Matthew Vaughn. Uh, that's an interesting one. Obviously yeah. Matthew Vaughn who went on to go do the Kingsman films. Um, you know, so that's that's interesting. And he also directed Lair Cake. So like this Lair Cake feels like a film that's in the same ilk as this movie. That same what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah. Those crime movies from that time period. And uh, the interesting thing about those movies is that nowadays they don't feel like they are as sellable. Audiences are almost smarter than the genre now. Like if you see a trailer for one, a movie that looks like this, like remember that movie from uh, about two years ago, Free Fire? <laughs> no. It, it was a somewhat indie. It had uh, it had Brie Larson, Charlotte Copley, Army oh, Hammer, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And the trailers, all them shooting at each other. Yeah, that yeah. felt so much like this genre of movie. It's a bunch of fast-talking, quick dialogue, hitmen type of people. There's mm-hmm. a robbery or something. And it just was like, the trailer was like, I don't, I don't want to see this. This just looks dumb. This looks awful. Yeah. This just looks very derivative of the genre that it kind of comes from. And so often these crime movies now, I feel like they're straight to video. They're like, they're Redbox movies. They're streaming movies that people just don't see. They really are. And it's one of those things where I think it's because... I mean, even back then, this movie was so popular. It cost $10 million to make. It was produced by Sony. It was oh, released... $10 million? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was released in December of 2000. It grossed $30 million domestic, an additional 53 worldwide for a grand total of $83 million. It was number four. It's opening weekend with $8 million. So, I mean, almost even then, it was like... Still interesting. I mean, it's a Brad Pitt movie in 2000. You feel like that's enough to make yeah. at least $100 million. Totally. But, you know, it, it wasn't. Um, it's got an 8.3 on imdb and it's actually in the top 250 at number 95 which is so crazy yeah i i don't know if i'm missing something it's this is just look if you think about this is something that we can talk about literally think about when imdb was created think about the like the year that movie became popularized the people that were using imdb in the years that it became popularized it's that's like a late 90s early 2000s invention the people that are on it are mostly film nerds, probably in their late teens and their 20s. Yeah. That's that's exactly the audience we're talking about that watched this movie and thought it was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. Every person that saw Snatch when this movie came out probably gave it a fucking 10 out of 10. I should understand how it's still there this far, the, the, like, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. How's it still up there? How's it not been adjusted? Yeah, I mean, you think about other movies <clears> from that time period that, like, are, you know, overrated in the same way. Boondock Saints, right? You yeah. think about, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little later, but, like, the, the last time I can remember a movie like this in this genre coming out and, like, doing pretty well was Smoke and Aces. That's 2006. Yeah. Right? Like, like kind of a gritty crime it's just like thriller. an ensemble thing where you have like 11 people, there's a bunch of crime, there's converging storylines, quick dialogue, everybody's yeah. like kind of too clever for their own good. We should really do that movie on the show. I love that movie. Smoking Aces? Yeah. I've always wanted to try to get Joe Carnahan on a show, and I, that's uh, his yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, we you know? should. He's a friend of a friend, so. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gives us a 73% uh, by the tomato meter, and the audience gives it a 93, so once again, it's just people that adore this movie because of how cool it is. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite line? Do you have one? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's <clears> when Farina is in there with the dog, and they're trying to get the they're trying to get the diamond out of him. And uh, I think he's like he's, he says like I can't remember exactly the first part. But he's like he's like Tony's not listening. Do something horrible. 
<laughs> yeah, I just remember. Yeah, I just love. He says, "What? Do something horrible." That's that's like my that's my favorite line because it's just such a good microcosm of this like sleazy salesman diamond guy who comes into town. He just like wants the muscle to do something. He's just do something horrible. Do something horrible. Well, open it up. What do you mean, fucking open it up? Yeah, so you know it's not going to happen. But yeah, well. When I was a kid, I didn't know. Really? Yeah. I thought he was going like, to cut the dog open. You're freaked out. Yeah. We really changed the tone of this sure movie. would have. It would not have been great. Uh, man, there's actually a lot of really great lines. Like, I love the one. He's like, he's like, getaway driver. The fuck can you, you get, get away, away from, from? eh? <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, I know Tyrone. Um, but I think it might be that thing at the end uh, where Turkish is talking about the look. And he's yeah. like, you have crossed the road and looked the wrong way. A car's nearly on you. So what do you do? Something very silly. You freeze. Your life doesn't flash before you because you're too fucking scared to think. You just freeze and pull a stupid face. But the pikey didn't. Why? Yeah, that's I, good. I love that line. And it cues, yeah, cues up a nice moment. You know, I, the, the, the characters, you know, Tyrone and his, his, his crew, the replicas, I stared for a solid ten minutes at Lenny James before I realized that he was Morgan on The Walking Dead. I was like, why do I know who this guy oh, is? Oh, really? I was like, I recognize his face. That's another thing, too, that crew. And this is, this is like, funny. And I can't think of that many examples of it. And also, this film is British, so it makes sense. But there was something about, in the turn of the century, that, like, taking a black crime character... And giving him a British accent was like something American audiences were very charmed by. We, we, we thought it was so cool. I, I don't know what that's about. Like maybe it was because the earlier part of the '90s and the mid '90s, you had like a lot of black characters portrayed as like gangbangers. Basically. Yeah, I mean that was really what you know, Boys in the Hood. You know, like that menace those, to society. Those, like these, these type those of movies that the you know. crime movies with black characters were mm-hmm. basically like movies in the hood that's like what was getting made so like when you have Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven and he's like an explosive like guy a British accent yeah which is like choice but it's like a clear choice where like that's cool I want to do yeah. that you know and that, those, those movies are 2000 and 2001 Snatch and Ocean so it's just like it feels like it was just because the internet wasn't as popular, so like people just didn't get to see as many accents as often, or something. People weren't aware that black people have British accents because <laughs> yeah, they live in Britain. And they live in Britain. And there are black people in Britain. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand it either, but it is a weird thing that you point out. It's like, yeah, this happens. This happened a lot right around two thousands. It was it's just, just a thing. Watching it last night, I was struck by it. I was like, oh, this is funny. This feels like a this feels like a gimmick in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for even, sure. Even though it's it's it's, but it's a British film, so it's, <laughs> it's yeah. not really like it's a gimmick. I just kind of like rem, just reminded me of it. But um, anyway, guys, we are going to continue moving through the show here. We do have an AMA question this week. Um, I think I have it here. Yeah, it's a great one. Okay, you got it. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's shade. It's total shade being thrown at you. Me. Uh, oh no, you know what? That was it was that was the the joking one. Uh, yeah, it's from Riley Hughes <laughs> on Instagram. He says. Uh, so since he did something different with Aladdin, what kind of movie should Guy Ritchie direct next? And it's a tough one. It's an interesting one. I don't, yeah, because the, cause the answer to the question is, I don't, this is Riley Hughes? Yeah. I don't know exactly what movie is a good movie if it's directed by Guy Ritchie. The thing that was he, he was good at back here, I don't really want to see this movie again. Same. This isn't, this isn't like a movie that I'm interested in watching another version of. So for me, like if I think Guy Ritchie understands, he understands character pretty well. He understands uh, style super well. He can kind of build some suspense. Didn't he direct The Man from Uncle? Is that the yeah. movie we forgot? Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. Yeah. I, that movie was so whatever me, but I know people that love it. You know who's in that movie? <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Alicia Vikander. Shit. Yeah. Um, a horror movie that's like Cabin in the Woods. That's, that's kind of cool. the first thing that popped in my head for some reason. I want him. Yeah, and again, I don't want him to write it. I want him to direct it. So that there can actually be scary moments, he can hopefully add in some stakes. And the reason I say specifically like Cabin in the Woods is because it's there's comedy, it's different, and it's not made to be a, a like pee your pants scary movie. It's supposed to be like kind of an entertaining, fun, like oh scary movie. I think he could do that. I think something I would like to see would be if you were to take an original superhero property. Like there was okay, Alan Moore is the this very famous comic book writer. He did a comic book Watchmen, Watchmen. One. yeah, and he wrote a ton of stuff over the years that. Was was all very famous. He had a he had an imprint at one point in the early two thousands, um, his own press. And I can't remember the name of it, but he had a character called Tom Strong, and he was like Tom Strong was basically like kind of like Superman ish, but like he sounds like he. I picture He Man with a better haircut. Yeah, that like <laughs> he, lives in the suburbs. He wasn't Superman, but he was he was sort of like a combination of like Superman and James Bond or something. Like he was like badass and awesome and like square jawed or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, there was a very kind of quirky, tongue-in-cheek, like, self-referential, I'm a superhero with, like, all... 
And I think if he was to take something cool like that, kind of like a Kingsman, mm-hmm. that's like a good... Well, that's what happened. Is Matthew Vaughn is just the better version of Guy Ritchie. He's doing... The, yeah. And I think if he was to make a movie like that, where he's... he's Because I know Man from Uncle's a spy movie, but like... Right. And King Arthur's like King Arthur. So like he keeps trying to do this. So like he apply his style to like a property. Yeah. But like I just feel like if you did something in the superhero genre and you had to take yourself... You had to tone it down a little. Or if he was to do a James Bond movie... But Barbara Broccoli was like, you can't do your Guy Ritchie shit. You I have to make actually, this a Bond movie. I could be into that. I could be into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, like, that's, that's like, to me, he needs to be reined in. So if you're part of a property yeah. like James Bond where the producers say to you, we're going to have final say, and th- th- we don't sign off on the script, or, like, this needs to work better. Right. Um, that I could see. Well, this guy, oh, well, you know, he's got, oh, my God, he's got something in the works. Sherlock Holmes 3. No. It's even better. It's called... Wow. This looks awesome. Okay, it's called The Gentleman. 2020. A very British drug lord tries to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. Okay? Sounds stupid. But, sounds right. Guess who's in it? Nick Cage. Hugh Grant. Oh. He's like way... I'm going from lower to higher right now. Okay. Hugh Grant. Colin Farrell. Charlie Hunnam. Ooh. Matthew McConaughey. Wow. I am in. I'm into this movie. I'm 100% in. That's a great I'll film. I'll be there. Uh, yeah, I want to see... Actually, now I just want to see The Gentleman. The Gentleman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the answer, Riley. The yeah, Gentleman. Riley, thank you so much for your question. Just to let everyone know, on Instagram, Action Industries, we do a competition every weekend. It's run by Richard Eric Jarvie, one of our loyal, loyal Action Industries Senior staff members. Uh, senior staff members. He uh, he holds a competition every weekend. There's usually a question related to the film, and uh, whoever answers it, and we take all the people that answer it correctly, and we randomly pick one of them, we answer the question on the show. So thank you so much, Riley, and thank you, Richard. And that's, uh, that's going to lead into our next segment, which is a weekly segment that I wanted to start introducing, which is the weekly shout-out to the Action Advisory Board. Yeah, um, okay. And I, and I think, you know, Jarvie's a great place for us to start, because mm-hmm. we're kind of leading into it. A lot of you guys that watch the show, you guys already know kind of what goes on with the Advisory Board, but Drew and I started this this company, Action Industries, about six months ago. We reached out, you know, to a lot of the, uh, the, the constant supporters of the brand to find out if people wanted to help out. So we have a whole team of people all of which, you know, do a sliver of the responsibility. So you pull yep. the news articles or you post to Instagram for the day, stuff like that. And uh, Jarvi runs the Instagram. Jarvi is the host of a show in Estonia. It's a movie yeah. show, which is awesome. Um, he's also an actor. I think we've mentioned the movie, but we probably, I don't know if we're all I don't know if we can say it, but he's in a movie coming out that you're all going to want to see. Yeah. So. And uh, Jarvi's also just the best. He has great taste in films. We, you know, he calls into the live streams. When I used to do Anchor, um, oh, my Top yeah. 50 Tuesdays, uh, and I would count down, he would always call in with his thoughts. And, and I really like Jarvi's opinions on film, and he's a, he's a really great dude. So just a big shout out. We're going to, I think, over the course, of the next few months one at a time go through yep. the full advisory board because there's about uh, 13 or 14 people all that contribute every single week and, and, a, and a big shout out to Jarvis' counterpart Britta who's always yeah. uh, very supportive Britta. allows him to sneak away during his anniversary to tune in to Action Movie Anatomy I'm and Jarvis. do things like that Britta. so legends yeah uh, big big shouts to you guys um all should right. we keep? Should we keep moving? Yeah. yeah. So um, our next segment is going to be called Cage versus Cruise. Cage this versus Cruise. This seg- is a segment on the show we used to do pretty frequently. We stopped doing a segment. Now we're going to bring it back. Um, <laughs> no thanks, Turkish. <laughs> I don't need any sugar. I'm sweet enough. Um, Tony's not listening. Do something horrible. <laughs> Open the dog. Oh, open the dog. I want to see what's inside the dog. What, what, what do you mean? Open the dunk. Uh, I need to pull up some more lines. Um, what am I here talking to you about diamonds? Aren't they from Antwerp? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, that's Marty Co., which is going to be a brand new... Shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail impersonation that we're going to be doing. Uh, let's see. What While else we got here? While you're up, I'll explain the Marty Cove thing. So uh, some of you guys know this. You watched. Some of you guys know this. You watched the interview that I did. And it was uh, with. So last week we had Jesse Cove, Marty's son, on yep. an episode, a special edition we did of Action Movie Anatomy here, uh, talking to Weston Cage and Jesse Cove. That's uh, Nick Cage and Marty Cove's sons. And uh, I was laughing because when I interviewed uh, Marty Cove on the red carpet for uh, Cobra Kai this last year at the Paley Center, I asked about, you know, films that he had auditioned for, you know, franchises that he didn't get. And he started telling me a story about, well, basically he says, uh, you know, last year I got asked to read for the new Rambo film. And he's like, he's like, now I look at the script and I think, I don't have to read for this. I don't have to read for this. Uh, so I, I call Sly. Sly's an old friend. He won't mind I tell you. And he says, uh, look, Sly, it's Marty. I... <clears throat> I 
don't know why you're asking me to read for... I didn't have to read for you in 1985 for the Karate Kid 1. I'm not going to read for you now. But besides, I'm busy. I don't know. I'm filming something. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm available. Also, and it's just it's my favorite thing in the world. So Drew and I have started just saying... You didn't invite me to your birthday party, but I got plans anyway. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make it. I'm booked. And so Marty Cove has become our favorite new voice. And for whatever reason, last week when we were talking, we were talking Marty Cove you know, versus Nick Cage just kind of having a conversation. And just out of nowhere, Drew interrupts me and he says, Shrimp cocktail! Shrimp cocktail! Nicholas. I was like, why'd you say that? He's like, I don't know, it seems funny. Marty Cove saying shrimp cocktail. So there's our new thing. Uh, yeah, so uh, one more other thing is uh, before we get to wrapping up the show, because we are getting uh, short on time now. Uh, tonight when we do see Angels Fallen, be on the lookout. Action Industries YouTube page, we may be doing a first or early reaction. Not a review, not a spoiler thing. We have to wait and see what the embargo is. I'm not yeah. positive what yeah, it is Yeah, if we're allowed to, we're going we're gonna to try to uh, let you guys know what our, our first thoughts are, obviously, without spoiling a very important film. So I'm going to talk to you guys. I'm going to talk to you guys about the three action movie categories. <laughs> totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, ridiculously legitimate. You know, you know who he actually sounds a little bit like is my impression of Alec Baldwin. Yeah, he, I was like, he sounds familiar. That's, but he doesn't have quite as long. Yeah, right. Deep of us. The best fish sandwich I've ever tasted. Give best me another. Fish. Give me another one. Yeah. Um, totally legit. Totally. Le- wow. Totally legit. Totally ridiculous. Ridiculously legitimate. I think it's the middle category. Yeah. It's got enough. Uh, it's got enough heart. It's got enough legitimacy to it that I think you can give it the middle category. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not totally legitimate. I always feel bad about Tyrone running from those dogs. I feel like it didn't end up well for him. But yeah, he ends up being okay. Seems bad for me. Yeah. Haven't talked to. This is, there's characters in the movie we haven't talked about a single time. We yeah. Really haven't talked about Benicio at all. Yeah. I mean, he's sweet in it. It, but it's like very gimmicky and very short, right? It's the same year he won for traffic. You Boris, know? Boris the Blade. I mean, there's just all yeah, these, Boris the Blade. There's just all these characters in this movie. I mean, Boris. yeah, they're all you know they're all pretty good. They're all pretty good. Yeah, they're all fine. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. There's only one last Wait, you thing. Didn't left. Say what you do you think it's ridiculous? No, I'm gonna say yeah, yeah, in the okay, middle gotcha, category gotcha. with you. There's mm-hmm. only one thing last to talk about here on the show. It's called the pitch. That was good. That was, I don't know that what was, that was. That was the scat man, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I'm a scat man. All right. Well, you guys all know what we're doing. We're doing Angel's Fallen. Angel has Fallen. There's, I mean, even if it's horrible, which it won't be because it's Angel has Fallen, we will be covering we on the show We covered Hunter week. Killer. So we did. We did an episode on that movie. The Hunter Killer on next week's show. <laughs> we That was the first episode of the action guys we ever did was Hunter Killer. Was it? Oh, yeah, because we brought in all the Jerry B Jerry stuff. Jerry B was the last action star. Yeah. That's going to be great. And then, also, don't forget today, later on today, guys, on audio, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One. We will be doing the action guys overly sieged, underly sieged, properly sieged of Brad Pitt. A full 45-minute discussion. You will not want to miss it. Talking about his whole career. It's going to be great. So, uh, quick shout-out to the generals in the action army, guys. We got Andrew Hayes, Paul Denuzio, Billy Belford, John Getz, John Patterson, Jake Yacovetta, Kyle Grandin, Eddie Kelsey Kirkland, Mac Ryan, Nick Gilmore, Jeremiah Morris, and Kyle Hilbert. We have 12 generals wow. in the army every single week before the streams and before we film the action guys. We get on a 10-minute private chat with the generals, the generals bunker. It's available to you at patreon.com slash teamaction if you want to join that general tier. So go check it out. Get your tickets for New York Live, newyorkcomedyclub.com. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.